Hello everyone, it's your girl Teresa and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the name of this poem on today is called Judgmental. All right, here we go. People tell me not to sin. And yet they do it daily. If we all sin and if we all fall short, why judge me with your hypocrisy? If we were born into sin, why pressure me until I go crazy? Some folks left out the full report when they are living their lavish lives daily. Perfection in this flesh cannot ever be achieved. And pursuing it comes with a very high price. In this skin, we cannot afford it. We can attempt it, but we will fail. Because this is why Christ died for us. We can only be perfect by his blood. The cares of this world will sift you slowly. So why don't they just tell the truth? That even when they, on their best of days, are just as guilty of sin too. We really aren't worthy of God's love, no matter what we think. Religion can leave a person quite filthy from the inside out. But to conquer is to rise above and to never live in fear or doubt. So, if nothing I can do can save my life, why should being perfect in your eyes even count? I hope that y'all have had a blessed and wonderful day. Today, I took time out to take care of myself. I went and got a full body massage and it was so awesome. I felt so relaxed, but I do have a confession. I don't go straight home and like take full advantage after I get a massage because the whole point of getting a massage, at least this is how I understand it, is that you're supposed to relax and just enjoy and just kind of wind down or unwind but instead I did the opposite (laughs) and so I had the massage got the massage then I drove out to my mom's house I watched the Globe Awards and I was like I could really be at home sleep right now (laughs) but I enjoy my mother-daughter time. And so she fed me something to eat. And she, and okay, so let me tell you the sweetest thing that my mom did. So right now, for those of you that don't know me and have not ever seen me live, I am wearing micro braids. So I used to be a licensed cosmetologist. And so doing hair comes natural for me. Even before I ever got my cosmetology license, I was doing hair. I've been doing it since I was 10 years old, since that very first time that my stepdad tried to put my hair 
he, I don't know what he called himself, tried to do, but he tried to fix my hair. And the way he had me looking, I was like, there is no way that I'm going to walk outside of this house looking like this. So I learned how to do my own hair at age 10 and I've been doing my own hair ever since. So whenever I know that I'm about to have a, a lot of things going on, especially being an entrepreneur, being tugged and pulled from this direction and that direction, I have found that just putting my hair up makes it so much easier for me to do everything else I have to do, inventory and just a lot of stuff. So what I did Whew, I literally had my head full of braids and I was telling my mom because I was like, I really didn't get a chance before I went to go get my hair massaged. This might be TMI, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. So I told her, I said, I don't think that I had enough time. Well, I didn't. I didn't have enough time to like make sure I shampooed my hair and make sure that it dried before I went to go get my full body massage. So my head had sweated overnight and so I kind of like rinsed it, but I didn't wash it. So I was paranoid. So then um, literally after the massage, I told my mom, I was like, I need to go. And I like, I need to just go ahead and just fully shampoo my hair tonight. So what she ended up doing, she ended up actually taking time out to spray my scalp, massage my scalp and just kind of, you know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it was just such the sweetest gesture. And so I, I still got to shampoo my hair because she was like, after she realized the stuff, the products that she put in my hair, she's like, you know what? This is actually shampoos. Okay, so it all works out. So I'll be doing that later on tonight. <laughs> but I just thought it was the kindest gesture. So unexpected. So it was kind of like the icing on the cake because I had already got my full body massage. And then my mom ended up massaging my scalp, greasing my scalp, doing all of that. So I just thought that was so awesome. And so um, we watched the awards together. At least I watched a portion of it. I tried to hang in there, but my body was like, uh-uh, you need to get to the house. So came to the house and now I'm just now winding down. Um, and for those of you that don't know me, I'm already on, I have a high level of energy anyway. And so winding down for me may be different for someone else. So for me, winding down is really just being still. Because I am always doing something. So even it's crazy because even tonight I found myself trying to listen in on Clubhouse on a conversation about entrepreneurs and um, how the conversation pretty much was whenever you're an entrepreneur, it's not discussed what all you have to go through before you reach the level of success. Like everybody wants to talk about the shiny stuff. Everybody wants to discuss all the good things that happen after you become successful, but they don't want to talk about when you're down in the trenches and you're really trying to build a name for yourself, when you're trying to build your following, when you're trying to, you know, just pretty much put your brand out there. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about how much money it costs to invest into your um, actual business. They don't, they don't talk about that. So I was interested in that conversation because as an entrepreneur, I have been pursuing different venues and different avenues of entrepreneurship for as long as I can remember. I've always had that side of me. It's always been a part of me. So I've delved in a lot of different arenas in order for me to figure out which path is my pathway. And so listening to that, you would think that that would have been enough for me to be still just for me to take notes and for me to, you know, no, that's not how I function. So 
I was literally listening in on the conversation, but I was doing my inventory all at the same time. And so multitasking pretty much. And then even while I was doing my inventory, I was thinking about, okay, so you need to find time to read. There's a book that I literally just purchased and I really, truly want to read it. I'll tell you all about it when I'm, when I actually have completed it. And so, um, I was just like, Hmm, now I got to try to find at least 30 minutes to delve into it. Cause so far what I've read, I know one thing it's very, it, it is a book that touches your heart. And so, um, so I was already in the mindset of before you go to bed, let that be the last thing on that you read that you read before you go to bed. Let it be the last thing that's on your mind. So as you begin to truly, truly rest, you have something positive on your brain. You have because what I'm literally trying to make sure that I do is surround myself with positivity. I encourage anybody if you're going through a stressful situation, if no one has ever told you how to get through figure out a way that you can either listen to calming music that you can um, find or even write your daily affirmation so let's just say I'm just going to give you an example let's just say for some reason you're like man it's been a really rough rough week I am trying to get past these courses right now I have so much material that I'm trying to Um, study for and I just I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel think of yourself outside of that week so envision yourself past after you've passed all the tests after you've passed all of the quizzes envision yourself succeeding passing everything no retakes envision yourself afterwards and write what you would tell yourself, whether it's, you know, you did great, you're an overcomer, you're, you know, a great achiever, you can do anything you set your mind to figure out a way to kind of see yourself past the anxiety. Because by doing that, you can retrain your brain not to be so focused on the negative. And this isn't any arena. This is if you're having an argument with your spouse, and you're just like, you know what, Let me start, let me envision, and then you can start speaking those things that be not as though they are. So let's say that y'all done fell out because somebody didn't flush the toilet the way that you thought it should have been flushed, or they didn't let the, um, they didn't, I'll give you a great example. Let's say that you're taking a shower. They did flush the toilet, but now it's the water's cold and you're just like, okay, you should know by now that anytime I'm in the shower, that you're not supposed to flush the toilet because it's going to make the water go cold. But now you're, you in a whole little hissy because they flushed the toilet and the water's cold and you didn't, you know, it messed up your hot shower that you were just so engulfed in. Well, envision them getting it right the next time. With that, having to go off on them, with that, you know, just envision yourself having a different take on the situation so that that way it does not consume your thought pattern and mess up your entire day. And so what I've done this whole weekend, I have tried to decompress from the stress that I encountered last week so that when I entered into enter into the new week, it's a totally different energy. A totally different energy. I'm excited about what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow is March 1st. For those of you, no telling when you're going to hear this. (laughs) For me, when I'm recording it, it is March the 1st. And so that is the third month of the year. And it's a brand new beginning, brand new goals. And so having a new mindset 
for me is important. And so every time that I sit down in this certain space, there are two things that I literally see. I see a heart that says, love what you do. And I see stars that says, thinking of a master plan. So I'm constantly being reminded that I need to love what I do. And when I come into this space, I'm surrounded by love automatically. Like every time I come into this space, I am literally surrounded by love. And I know that I'm surrounded by love. And so because of that, this is where I can think clearly. This is where I can meditate if I need to. This is where I can lie prostrate on the floor if I need to. This is where I can cry my eyes out. Whatever needs to be done. But I I know that in this specific space, the way that I have set it up, that love reigns, rules, and abides in this area. And then I have another sign that a dear friend of mine that she gifted me with. I don't even think she knows that this is that I have this up here, but um it says friends are tied together with heart strings and there's um, hearts where it, it's cute little hearts and then it has the strings and it has her name and it has my name and it's like a wooden, just a wooden emblem. So it's just really cute. And then I have another heart that says, follow your heart. So all around me, I know that I've, I've literally surrounded myself with love. And sometimes if you're in a negative atmosphere or if you're in a negative relationship, You've got to find your place, like your resting place. Uh, you know, if you're in, a, in an abusive relationship, I pray that you find a way to get out of it. But if you are in a, an abusive relationship, create a space for yourself. Find a way, whether it's in your vehicle, whether it's in the bathroom, it could be in the closet. Mine is in my closet. I have two closets. I have a walk-in closet in my bedroom and I have a separate closet. My separate closet is the one that I use as my love zen, like my love den or whatever. Like I literally just is surrounded by love. I can pray in here. I den don't sound right. So let's retract that. My love room. <laughs> Cause I, I ain't doing nothing crazy in here. I'm literally just meditating, working, and just, you know, focusing on all the positives. I even have my um a good friend of mine is about to get married. I have a photo of her and her future hubby. Um with their engagement, I have that up. So I just pretty much, I look around and I'm like, it's, I'm just surrounded by love. Like everything that's in this room has, my passion is in here because I'm very passionate about my, one of my businesses. So that's in here. I'm just surrounded by love, but it's necessary. So anytime that I feel like I've had a stressful week, anytime that I need a change of pace, anytime that I need to get away from my children, this is where I hide. And this is where I seek the face of the Lord. Well, I really seek his face everywhere, but this is like a primary place where I'm just like, okay, Lord, what are we doing? Where are you guiding me? What are we doing? You know, so <laughs> a lot of those conversations take place right here. But, um, but yeah, find you a safe place, find you a place where you can truly be completely vulnerable, no judgment, um, I even have a scripture up that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. Um, I have my vision board up in here as well. And the crazy thing is now all of us know that we had a crazy 2020. So where I thought what I was going to do is put up a new vision board for 2021. 
But when I realized that my vision for 2020 was interrupted, I decided to keep my vision board up for 2020 in 2021. Because a lot of these things that I'm seeing on here have not come into fruition just yet. And so I even wrote a personal letter to myself. What does it say? So it's on January the 6th of 2020. It says, Teresa, you lost count of how many people have spoken ill, death, bitterness, strife, hatred, pain, etc. over your life in public and in private. From this point on, every curse is canceled in Jesus' mighty name. You are more than a conqueror. I speak Amos 9, 14 and 15 over you now. Now shine. Love self. So that's not just for me. That's for anybody who will receive it. (laughs) So this is going to conclude my episode on tonight. But before I completely end it, I wanted to take a moment to literally read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated February the 28th, 2021. And it says, Dear future hubby, I desire to be with only one man, my true husband, for the rest of my life, monogamous, loyal, committed to you. If you needed to use my cell phone, you know what? Y'all, let's back up. (laughs) I did it again. I'm reading part of it, not all of it. So let me back up. Okay, take two. Dear future hubby, I wonder, are you the type of man who knows and desires to truly be committed to only one woman for the rest of your life? Are you the type of man who desires a monogamous relationship? Are you the type of man who would hand over your cell phone to me because mine died and I needed to make an emergency phone call? Are you the type of man who would share your passwords with me? The type of man who wouldn't mind if I answered your phone? Are you the type of man who would have the utmost respect for your wife and would avoid anything that could place you in a compromising position and tarnish the integrity of our union? Are you the type of man who fears, loves, and sever- and reverences God? Are you the type of man who desires only one woman? Everything I ask of you, I desire to. I desire to be with only one man, my true husband, for the rest of my life, monogamous, loyal, committed to you. If you needed to use my cell phone, I would hand it over with no hesitation. My children even have my password because I don't put myself in a position for them to discover anything crazy. You could keep my phone for a day or a week if you needed it. You can answer my phone each time it rang if you needed to. If this gave you the confidence you needed in our relationship, I have nothing and no one to hide. My life is an open book, literally. I live by the code of transparency. I want you to know me in any and all situations. And I want to know you in any and all situations. 
I truly believe that this is how the two become one flesh in holy matrimony over time. I love you. Love, Teresa. And I just, for a moment, I normally conclude after I read the letter to my future hubby, but when I was just reading that, it brought something to my attention. And I had a memory. And this is something that I don't think I've ever shared with my parents, but it is something that I admire about my parents. So my parents have been married over 40 years. And I have witnessed the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly. I've witnessed it all. And so one thing that I've always admired, though, no matter what they go through, I see how my mom, if her phone dies, if her cell phone dies or if she can't find her phone, she literally can just grab my dad's phone and use it like it's her phone. If she is low on gas, she can grab my dad's keys and go get the grandchildren or go bring me some, you know, something. She's always bringing me something. (laughs) And so I noticed how even if my dad... It's like, girl, you always gone, you know, because my mom loves to, she loves to run. She loves to drive. She loves to go places, all of that. So he'll, and he calls it ripping and running. But even in that, I watch how he ministers to my mom. And I'm not saying that it's always been like this, but what I am saying is I get to see what it looks like when you don't throw in the towel. And I remember Cause I've had many conversations about this. I've watched, I've watched them evolve as a couple. And there were some qualities that I was like, I don't want this in my marriage. And there were some qualities that I was like, oh, I really need this in my, in my next marriage. But that's the one thing that it always to this day stands out. What stands out to me is that my mom can hand her phone over to my dad. And my dad can hand his phone over to my mom and they are not using incognito. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's an app. For those of you that do, I hope you're not using it. (laughs) But anyway, um, literally, it's like he's able to share his world with her and she's able to share her world with him. And. I believe that that's what marriage is supposed to look like. Like, it's not going to always be great. There's times that I was like, why are y'all still married? Like, I literally asked that question. Why in the world are y'all still married to each other? And my mom would always say the same thing because we love each other. And so now looking back, now that I'm a little older, now that I'm a little wiser, love really truly does cover a multitude of sins on both parts. So I hope when I meet my purpose partner and I hope when like our past truly do connect that we will have the type of love that it doesn't matter what storms come our way. Because when you're in a union, you have to deal with death. You have to deal with it's a lot of things that you have to do. Death in the family. You know, there's a lot of things that you got to deal with by yourself. 
And then you still got to deal with it when you get married. But it's like, I really do hope on so many levels that I get to marry my best friend. Someone that I know when I don't even know what this road is going to look like, I can trust him. Whether he is in my presence or whether he is in my absence, I want to have that confidence in knowing I trust him and he trusts me. We could be away from each other for a whole week and I not for once think that infidelity is playing a part or a role in the relationship. For me to have so much confidence and belief that the love that we have for one another, that neither one of us are willing to compromise the integrity of the relationship for the sake of ourselves, for the sake of God, and for the sake of our children. Like, I want him to have just as much conviction about having a righteous marriage that I do. But I want to love him with every fiber of my being. I want him to love me with every fiber of his being. And I want us to love God all the more. And so that's something that I'm extremely excited about, but I'm not anxious for it. Like I know that God still has a lot of pruning to do concerning me, concerning my views, concerning a lot. And so I'm willing to wait. I'm so willing to wait. But I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. Even in the midst of waiting, I'm keeping my eyes on the prize with my vision board. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize with the things that I read. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize with the things that I listen to. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize, no matter how big or small you think it is. Keep your eyes on the prize and the prize is you. Be encouraged, be encouraged, be encouraged. And I am going to truly conclude this podcast. And like I always say, do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Bye.